Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This past week on Ash Wednesday, both the bishop and I preached sermons that had similar themes. We talked about how Lent gives us the opportunity to press the reset button, to go from nothing, from ashes and dust, into a new way to live with God and one another. There's an invitation about Lent that calls us into reshaping habits to rethinking our existing life patterns, to reorient the rhythms of our lives. And we in Phoenix in the winter always have to adjust to the rhythms of our lives because there are so many events going on, like the Super Bowl, and we all had to reorient ourselves because there were parking issues and there were thousands of visitors downtown, and all of our rhythms of what we did on a day-to-day -day basis changed. There's always this kind of thing going on at this time of year, changes of rhythm. And now on the West Coast, we have a lot of buzz in the air all about the Oscar-nominated films for this year. Now, there are 10 Best Picture nominees, but I don't find any of them spectacular. I must say, I did like the movie Elvis, though. It's not fantastic, and it's kind of long, but it's kind of entertaining. There's a pattern to the way the story is told, and I didn't pick up on it right away, but then I realized later, after the movie ended, I looked at the credits, and I noticed that the film was directed by the Australian filmmaker Baz Luhrmann. That's the director who gave us the movies Moulin Rouge and the new version of The Great Gatsby with Leonardo DiCaprio, and my personal favorite, his first film. Strictly Ballroom. That movie is about two young people, Scott and Fran, who are ballroom dancers. Two dissatisfied dancers that are struggling to resist the temptation to follow the rules of their sport and to fit in. There's a, there's a motto in the middle of the movie that says, a life lived in fear is a life half-lived but they don't want to fit in. These people want to live. They want to live fully. And in their struggles, they have to find a new way to be. So in one scene, Fran and Scott go visit Fran's grandparents, who are Spanish flamenco dancers. And as Scott and Fran begin to show off their new dance moves, the grandmother stops them. No, she stops them because their dance is Smooth, but it's kind of ridiculous. It doesn't have any soul. It's just a bunch of steps. And so she asked them, okay, where is the rhythm? Where is the rhythm? And they first start responding with their feet again, and she stops them again. No, not there. So then they think for a minute, and they start again, and they're starting to use their hands, and she's like, no, 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 not there either. And so she has to demonstrate, and she's angry, and so she takes her hands and she starts tapping on them. And she starts tapping on them, and she says, the rhythm is in your heart. The rhythm is in your soul. The rhythm is in you and in your life. And she turns to them, 
to go dance once again. And she says, listen to the rhythm. Listen to the rhythm. Every year, Lent puts us in this rhythm by starting every time to hear this story about Jesus being driven into the desert. His community of friends are removed. He doesn't have any interaction with other people. His pattern of life is completely reordered, changed, stripped down. His rhythm of life in some ways comes to a grinding halt for 40 days. No food, no comforts of home, no communication with anyone. He is left with himself, that's all. His heartbeat, his breath, his life with God alone. But after 40 days, real temptation begins. These patterns of isolation, loneliness, disconnection start to pay the price. Temptation from the devil begins. Turn stones into food. Glorify yourself in God's temple. Become the ruler of the world. And let's be honest. If we were in this situation, we would find all of these options to be very tempting indeed. Being the superstar, never going hungry, having the final say about absolutely everything in the world. Who wouldn't want that? But this is how Jesus is different in a real and profound way. He feels something. He senses something. He discerns something different. Something different about himself and about God. He has listened for the presence of God for 40 days around him and in him. He has listened in a holy way. Something changed him. Unlike me or you, Jesus absolutely did not want those things that the devil promised. He just didn't. No matter how hungry, no matter how lonely, no matter how poor, no matter how powerless, he didn't want the things that the devil proposed. He wanted a relationship with God. And he wanted to pay close attention to how God was speaking through him. He wanted to listen for the rhythm of love. The essentials of his very being called him into something far greater than prosperity, power, or wealth. Something far greater. His heart was calling him to love in a way that surpasses our understanding. To love in a way that heals and a love that transforms. A love that sets people free from everything that holds them back. This was the rhythm of love. This was his call. This was Jesus' mission and ministry. The, the rhythm of his heart literally called him into a new awareness of purpose, of identity, of vocation. Jesus' time he spent listening to his rhythm of life from God changed everything for himself and for the world. And that's where we come in. Lent happens every year to invite us to be driven into the desert. Now, we all live in a desert, so what I'm talking about is a spiritual desert. A place of contemplation, a place of paring back, a place of examination, a place of holy listening. Why? Because we owe it to ourselves 
to ask where the rhythm of love is in our lives. Do we have a rhythm or is it really out of sync, disjointed, disconnected? The holy listening we do for ourselves right now is totally imperfect. We still have needs. Jesus had all kinds of needs. Sometimes we hear our innermost selves calling to us for a big change, but our preoccupations in our life every day take us elsewhere. Lent asks us to pay attention to those preoccupations. Don't let them stand in the way. Do some holy listening. We're invited to listen because we will learn something new about ourselves and about God. This practice of holy listening requires us to simplify, to discover the presence and activity of God in our joys and in our struggles, to see God even in our struggles. Each one, each one of us is going to be different about this. We're all different. We all have our own things. We're all going to be different, and that's okay. But our listening might lead us to seeing the fullness and the abundance of God, or it might also lead us to a painful realization that we, not, that we need God a whole lot more than we think we do. This holy listening might bring up some pain. But we have a gift, my friends. We have a gift right in front of us. We have the gift of one another. We can depend on one another. Yes, of course, we can engage this holy listening through our own individual contemplation and reflection, but people we can trust and people who can accompany us on this journey of awareness and self-discovery, that's a gift. And this whole thing with holy listening, this is not a psychological exercise in and of itself. No, because when we pay attention to the rhythms inside of ourselves and are really listening, we start realizing how much God is embodied in other people and how much God is working in so many places in the world around us. The goodness and the love that God has gets revealed. And we start seeing God speaking to us through other people, through other events, even in moments when we are just encountering someone and someone is kind to us, or where someone is good to us, or when we know that we are being loved, when we are told by others how much we are loved by them. And the more we pay attention to these rhythms of God all around us through our holy listening, we start seeing what is meaningful to God's life and work in the world. The things that are most important in our hearts then become more closely aligned with the things that are important in God's heart. We, we suddenly start seeing new purposes in our lives, purposes that bring us even more life, more blessing, more abundance. And these blessings and so much more make the holy season of Lent an exciting time to be alive, to be present here in this community that commits to building up one another in love and prayer each and every day of our lives. We're being given a great gift today, a gift of togetherness, a gift to help us know that we are not alone, that we can discern together, that we can do holy listening together we can find that rhythm of God 
that beats in all of our hearts, that rhythm of love, to love in a way that heals, that transforms, that sets people free from everything that holds them back. This is the rhythm of love. This was Christ's call, and it is our call as well. Where's the rhythm of life? Where's the rhythm of your life right now? Where is it? Where are you at? What's your story? What are you seeking? The rhythm is in your heart. It's in your soul. The rhythm is you and your life. Press the reset button. Follow the love and listen to the rhythm.